Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our latest look at the Cleveland Indians. I'm flying solo this week. Jordan Bastian is on sabbatical. That's a fancy way of saying he is reintroducing himself to his family. Uh, these World Baseball Classic spring trainings are long and uh, a major test of endurance. So good that JB is getting some time with the family. Uh, and that leaves me to go over uh, the news and notes this week. And I'm going to answer a few of your Twitter questions as well. So uh, this will be the sound of one man talking to himself for the next 10 minutes or so about the tribe. Hope, uh, hope that's not too tedious for you. But uh, a lot of news to go over this week. Uh, first and foremost, recording this on Thursday, and Austin Jackson and Jason Kipnis both expected to make their Cactus League debuts today. Uh, obviously, Kipnis is the headliner there, uh, having dealt with that shoulder soreness early in camp. And, you know, this is not a, an injury that's going to you know, keep Jason Kipnis off the opening day roster. I don't think anybody's worried about that. Uh, I think the Indians are, are honest when they say this is not a serious situation. Uh, Kipnis is still not ready to play in the field just yet. He'll be DHing on Thursday, um, and they're going to slow play him as far as uh, the second base duties go. But, you know, when you think about Kipnis' season last year, the power that, that he showed last year uh, from a home run to fly ball standpoint, you know, that, that rate jumped uh, considerably last season. In 2015, it was 6.9%. 2016, 13.1%. That's what allowed him to have a, a big boost in the power department. And, and that's what I would be worried about uh, with, with regard to the shoulder injury. And I know shoulder injury is a, a, a dirty phrase in Indians lore these days, given the Michael Brantley situation. Um, you know, Kipnis's issue is not as serious, but anything involving that lead shoulder, you know, it, it has the potential to disrupt a guy from a power standpoint if it's a if it's an irritant over the course of the season so um, certainly we'll keep an eye on that but uh, Austin Jackson of course is is another person of intrigue Uh, this is a club with a lot of questions in the outfield a lot of questions Uh, for a club that is obviously built to win now and is so strong elsewhere in the roster you know that's an area where they have a lot of young talent in the system but that talent is just not ready yet talk about Brad Zimmer and Greg Allen and uh, Yandy Diaz, you know, this, these are all potential options in the outfield down the road. But for now, they're trying to piece it together. Uh, we're still getting a gauge on, on whether Brantley's going to be ready for opening day. Tyler Naquin's uh, struggles down the stretch last season are, are a matter of, 
you know, potential concern as a guy going into that sophomore adjustment. So Austin Jackson will, will certainly be an interesting figure here these next few weeks, uh, signed to a minor league deal, coming off knee surgery, and he's just not the elite defender he was four or five years ago. Um, but perhaps he can fill that Rajay Davis platoon role. Uh, not expect him to steal 40 bags or anything like that, but um, you know, perhaps he can bring some value to this club. Uh, I mentioned Brantley. He took live batting practice twice this week on Monday and Wednesday. A huge step forward there. Uh, I'm hearing positive things from Indians people. You know, a lot of cautious optimism there about Brantley's situation. But of course, we heard that a year ago. So we'll see uh, uh, how he continues to adapt. And, and the main thing, of course, will be getting into games and then getting into multiple games in a row and seeing how the shoulder responds there. Certainly uh, wishing the best for Dr. Smooth. Uh, some other news and notes. Uh, Naquin, who we mentioned earlier, he fouled a pitch off his foot earlier this week, and the Indians dodged a bullet there because uh, as bad as that injury might have looked in the moment, x-rays were negative. Uh, all right, so I promised uh, a few of you I'd answer your questions from the Twitterverse. Here we go. Andy Leskovic, at Andy Leskovic, asks, Is Brett Laurie worth a look for the utility role? In a word, no. Um, you know, This is a guy who has struggled to make adjustments at the big league level, has an extensive injury history. Um, I'm, I'm sure some team will, will give him a shot, and, and maybe it's a team that, uh, you know, not in the win-now situation that the Indians are. Maybe it's a team that has just an opportunity to give him more at-bats. Um, but it doesn't seem like a great fit for this Tribe roster. Uh, as you might know, uh, the utility role is, is one of the few sources of, of genuine roster intrigue, uh, beyond Michael Brantley, of course. Uh, with regard to this tribe roster, and, and that's always a good position to be in uh, when that's the one thing you're trying to settle. Uh, Michael Martinez filled that role for the, the vast majority of 2016, famously made the last out in the World Series, but brought some value to the Indians just as a guy who can play all over and, and, and acquit himself well at various defensive positions. But uh, and, and he's performing very well in camp. Um, but, you know, he's got some competition there with Eric Gonzalez, uh, we saw him for, for a minute in 2016, uh, so he's got some big league time. He's got some upside. Ronnie Rodriguez is a guy uh, Terry Francona has called a, quote, interesting player, uh, so we'll see how that shakes out. But, you know, we're talking about pretty low-profile stuff here when you're talking about the battle for the utility job. I personally am a Michael Martinez fan. I know that doesn't uh, exactly, uh, it's not a popular opinion in Cleveland these days, but Past podcast listeners will know that Michael Martinez gave my uh, my young daughter a baseball last spring training. So we are big Michael Mar- Martinez fans in my household, and uh, you know certainly hated to see him put in that impossible situation uh, coming up with two outs in the tenth in Game Seven of the World Series. That was just a uh, a difficult one for Mr. Martinez, but uh, at least he'll have his face in the uh in 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 cubs lore forever uh when that play is is watched on repeat uh among the cubs fan base uh hans hoffman at hans 2247 asks any talks yet in regards to a francisco lindor extension uh this is another word that i can answer with one word no uh checked in with uh lindor's agent earlier this week and just nothing brewing there um, of course, Lindor is not arbitration eligible until after 2018, so not necessarily a pressing manner. Though we have seen this organization aggressively target some pre-arbitration guys in the past, of course, so you don't rule it out. Um, the Indians did spend a lot of money this winter, so I'm sure that pay- plays into things. But, you know, it, it kind of brings up the question, though, what would a Francisco Lindor extension look like? 
at this stage. Um, you know, I was looking back, and, and one comparable situation would be Troy Tulowitzki with the Rockies in 2008, who, you know, like Lindor, he had um, less than two years of service time. Uh, he got six years and $31 million. That was in 2008. So at the time, that was the largest ever for a player with less than two years of service. So you'd have to, uh, you know, you'd have to adjust for inflation there. And, uh, you know, maybe that puts it more like six and, I don't know, 50, maybe six and 50. You know, another comparable, Andrelton Simmons. He was the same distance from free agency that Lindor is now uh, when he signed a seven-year, $58 million extension with the Braves. So uh, average annual value just north of $8 million. Uh, that was in 2014. But one thing to keep in mind there is that Simmons likely would have qualified for four arbitration rounds as a Super 2 instead of three. And the Indians, of course, manipulated Lindor's call-up so that he'd avoid Super 2 status. So uh, I don't know. Um, it would be fascinating if the Indians could lock up Lindor. He's certainly a pivotal piece. I think one uh, one reader followed up on Twitter by saying, uh, with the follow-up question, can that extension be for an eternity? And uh, I think that's the general sentiment among the Indians fan base is they want to see Frankie around. But the good news is, extension or no extension, uh, he'll be around for quite a while as he is uh, still two full seasons away from arbitration eligibility. So um, let's see. Uh, the unoriginally named Tribe fan at support underscore Wahoo. He asks, assuming we have a a healthy Michael Brantley, what does this lineup look like? Could we see Jose Ramirez hitting leadoff and Michael Brantley fifth? I'm going to answer this one by first saying that, uh, you know, lineup construction, the the topic tends to bore me, to be honest. Uh, I I think it's, you know, just an overrated element of our game, but it's it's always a fun element to discuss. And uh, I'd have to imagine we continue to see Carlos Santana leading off against right-handed pitching. You know, with Rajay Davis gone, there's a good argument for, for Jose Ramirez leading off at least against left-handed pitching, so that would be interesting. Um, I do kind of like the idea of Lindor in that spot against lefties as well. Um, you know, both those guys uh, have the switch-inning skill set, so uh, they, they could, you know, perhaps both handle that spot. But um, but Brantley's spot will be the big one. That'll be the difficult one to ascertain. It, again, assuming he is healthy enough to be on the opening day roster, you know, I would have to say at this moment, you know, not knowing what Brantley can contribute, uh, I'd, I'd lean towards uh, Santana, Kipnis, Lindor in the top three, Encarnacion in the cleanup spot, maybe Jose Ramirez fifth and Brantley sixth, um, something like that for the top six. How's that sound? Can you win with that lineup? Uh, I just don't think uh, you can you know, pigeonhole Brantley into his old spot uh, in the upper third of the lineup, uh, just not knowing what what he's ready to contribute, especially from a power perspective. We don't know how his power is going to rebound here in 2017 after so much lost time last year. Uh, Chris Davies, at Chris underscore D underscore Davies, asks, who will have the better FIP that is follicle-independent performance in 2017? This is not a real stat. In case you're concerned, uh, follicle-independent performance is, is not a legitimate sabermetric metric. But, uh, but a good question there, Chris, because, of course, um, Jose Ramirez's hair is a, uh, a, a signature part of his look, and uh, Danny Salazar's uh, you know, facial follic, follicle... I'm trying to come up with some alliterative term here, but you know what I'm saying. Danny Salazar's facial hair is a, a, a distinct part of his look as well. I got to relay a story here from uh, the postseason. Jose Ramirez uh, gets up on the dais uh, for his press conference. I believe it was during the uh, AL Championship Series in Toronto, and and Paul Hoynes, 
of Cleveland.com beat me to this question because uh, we had earlier at some point uh, Terry Francona had made some crack about Jose Ramirez's hair, and uh, and and, and Hoynesy asked uh, Jose, "How do you feel about the, the skipper doesn't like your hair? How do you feel about that?" And it was one of those moments that was uh, somewhat lost in translation. You know, the the Indians interpreter w- was was up there with Jose Ramirez and relayed that question to him. And uh, after the fact, he had genuine concern uh, that that the skipper did not like his hair, but it was all in good fun, Jose. Everybody's on board uh, with your look, whatever it happens to be at a given moment. And to answer your question, Chris, uh, for whatever it's worth, Fangraphs projects a 3.4 wins above replacement mark for Salazar, a 3.1 mark for Ramirez. And uh, so by a hair, no pun intended. Well, who are we kidding? Pun intended. By a hair, Fangraphs goes with Salazar. Both those guys are going to be interesting. Uh, you know, Jose Ramirez, of course, succeeded greatly in, in uh, runners and scoring position situations last season. And we know that can be difficult to sustain from year to year. And, and now he's thrust in, into more of a, you know, for the beginning of a season uh, to, to be the everyday third baseman. It's just a different thing than to go into last year with no expectations whatsoever and to be bouncing around the field. And, and man, here's this unexpected impact uh, versus going to a season where that performance is now expected of you. Uh, at a full-time position. It'll be interesting to see how Jose responds to that. And Salazar, of course, had the minor uh, flex, uh, flexor tendon strain uh, last year. And, you know, there's no better predictor of future injury than past injury. So certainly hope the best for Danny as he, uh, as he looks to rebound here in 2017 and stay healthy in that rotation. Uh, one last question. Scott Bricker at Brick Run says, Name one thing I should know heading to Goodyear for the first time this week. Uh, as I responded to Scott. I said, don't bring a fishing pole. I think that's uh, rule number one in the Phoenix area. But uh, two, uh, probably going to want to hit up uh, Raul and Teresa's Mexican restaurant. That's a, a staple of the spring training experience in Goodyear. Um, that's, that's uh, you know, Mexican at its finest, uh, at least as far as this dumb American knows. And, uh, you know, of course, the ballpark is beautiful. I, I, I legitimately, and I'm biased, of course, because I've spent a great amount of time, uh, maybe more time than any human being should in Goodyear, Arizona. But um, I love that ballpark. I've been to all the spring training ballparks, and, and it's one of my favorites. I call it the Big Chipotle uh, because of the exterior design, very much resemblant of the burrito chain. And, you know, the, obviously the, the facility for the Indians is state-of-the-art, but, but for the fans, um, I, I do think there are, you know, legitimately great sight lines, both at the ballpark and back at the facility, uh, you know, great places to uh, get autographs and, and watch the Indians ply their trade in the mornings out there in Arizona. So uh, enjoy yourself. I've I, I got one more recommendation, and I've never even been to this place, but I'm going to recommend it anyway. Uh, Roman's Oasis, a little honky-tonk bar in Goodyear, Arizona. And the only reason I mention it is uh, my good buddy Jason Stein former iTrack hitting coordinator for the Indians uh, during his time with the team. He met his wife at Roman's Oasis in Goodyear, Arizona. So for any of you looking for love in this spring training season, that is the place to go. Uh, I hope that, uh, hope that information is helpful. I uh, hope you people enjoyed me babbling in your ear for the last few minutes. And uh, certainly we're all looking forward to a, a fun season. We'll have uh, Jordan Bastian back with us next week. Thanks for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians edition. 
MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 